Hello and welcome to the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life. My name is Kyle Case and I'll be your host on this amazing journey as we attempt to help you get the most out of your life. Joining me is my co-pilot, Lil Barron. Hey, Mr. Case. Lil Barron. <laughs> How are you? Oh man, it's good. Everything is good. <laughs> you know, the last, I don't know, several weeks, we've had a little bit of a hard time connecting. You've been we on the have. Uh, we've both been traveling a little bit, but uh, yeah, playing solo the last couple of shows. This time, we're we're actually recording remote. <laughs> You're actually at home. I am. I'm actually in Pennsylvania at the National Senior Games in yep. Pittsburgh. And uh, you're going to be coming out to join us out here in the next couple of days. So I am. Forward to that. Um, like I said, uh, at the beginning of the last several shows, we have been sharing some of the benefits that athletes of the Huntsman World Senior Games get as they register mm-hmm. for the and that's what I wanted to continue today and talk a little bit, just very briefly about where I'm at and how that connects to what we do at the Huntsman World Senior Games. Almost all of the 50 states have some version of a senior games. Right. I, I think there might be one, possibly two states that are not holding senior games right now. Everybody does it a little bit different. Um, I am going to say this with the ability. <laughs> <laughs> We are the biggest. We are the biggest, and um, humbly, I would submit that we are the best as well. I might be biased, and I probably would have to agree with you. <laughs> but we do enjoy what we do, and we have a great yes, time. Yes, we do. Uh, but I, I think it's important to know, and this is the benefit I want to talk about, and that is that we are part of a larger family or mm-hmm. an association of senior games. And so all of these senior games around the country, they act as a qualifier for the national senior games. And that's the event that I am at right now. We're Mm -hmm. here extending invitations and trying to provide help and support and also learning how we can improve everything that we do as well. Um, Because we're so big, the the biggest of the senior uh, of Mm -hmm. the state out there with nearly 12,000 total athletes competing each year. The Huntsman World Senior Games is not always the best place to qualify. Uh, <laughs> if, if your goal is to qualify, there are other states that have fewer athletes. Mm-hmm. And uh, so your, your chances are higher. But if you are so inclined, uh, we do act as the Utah qualifier for the National Senior Games. That event happens every other year. And uh, of course, our event is is every year, no matter what. Mm-hmm. And um, we've just been here having a great time in Pittsburgh. And uh, as I said, talking to people, visiting with them, answering any questions that they have, and just extending an invitation to come on out. Yeah. Uh, once again, many athletes that compete at the National Senior Games are our athletes as well. If they haven't made it out, then we want to extend that invitation and give them uh, all the information that they need to come and be a part of the Huntsman World Senior Games. So being a, a qualifier for the NSGA is just one of many, many benefits that we offer our athletes at the Huntsman World Senior Games. Today's guest, Lil. Yes. Yeah, we're I'm excited. So excited. <laughs> Rod Julian grew up in a small Indiana town playing mostly team sports year round. He mm-hmm. played football, a little bit of baseball, basketball. 
Uh, conquering challenges and setting new goals drove him and being out on the field was a fantastic way to channel his energy, which I think many young men can relate to. Uh, after high school, physical goals took a little bit of a backseat to completing a bachelor's degree in finance from Indiana University, a successful career in business strategy and marketing, and building a family, which again, I think many of us can relate to that in 2012, he decided to make some changes in his life and refocus on health and fitness. And in addition to his other passions, uh, he started small with a few 5K races and casual obstacle course racing. And then over the past 10 years, Lil, he has done roughly 150 obstacle course races. <laughs> wow. Mainly, mainly Spartan races. Uh, Rod, welcome to the show. We're glad to have you. Yes. Hey, thanks. Good to be here. So um, I want to talk about this. I, I'm, I'm personally quite interested in getting into Spartan races. I have not had the opportunity to do it yet. Um, haven't taken the opportunity. Let me say that. <laughs> but I'm, I'm very intrigued. I'm very intrigued. But before we get into that, and I do want to get into that, you kind of started out as a team sport athlete. And uh, obstacle course racing is a little bit more of an individual sport. Um was that a hard transition for you or did that just make perfect sense with where you were in your life? What, tell, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. I mean, you get to a certain point in your life and team sports are harder to connect with. Um, you lose that natural opportunity you have when you're a kid and that's really all you're surrounded by is team sports. And, you know, especially in a small town, there just weren't a lot of opportunities to do a lot of different things back then. Um, so, you know, at the time that I decided I was going to get active again, um, it was, it was more of a, I'm going to ease into this and figure out what my path is going to be. I didn't have a lot of friends uh, or family members that were incredibly active at the time and, and certainly not in any kind of a team capacity. So I, I started dabbling um, and uh, you know, kind of found my way in it at, the, at that time as well. It was hard to make commitments to anything pretty, very significant because I had young kids and all of that. Mm -hmm. So there's so much variability in life with that. So that's uh, really, it, it kind of found me, I would say at the end of the day versus me finding it just by life circumstances. Yeah, that's cool. Um, and, and you, as I said in the intro, you, you did start out with just some local 5k type races. Now we've had a lot of runners on the show, Boston marathon runners, Olympic mm -hmm. uh, phenoms, uh, people who have just done amazing things in running. Um, what made you decide to not continue on the running course, but to go ahead and, and uh, maybe veer into the obstacle course? Well, I would say that I am the opposite of every person that you just, <laughs> so I, I, I would person who always say, I hate running. I'm not a runner. Um, those words came very naturally to me. So I had to re reframe my perspective on running and, um, you know, decide that if I'm, if I am running, then I am a runner, um, just by nature. So I was out doing that sort of thing, but, um, I never really absolutely enjoyed running, going out on the street or the sidewalk and just running miles on end. So, obstacle course racing. Um, it intrigued me because I got to go out and play in the woods, basically, you know, just go yeah. run around and do different things. And, and there's, there were breaks in the running. So that, that appealed to me. Um, and I got to use some other physical skills that probably were a little more suited to me as, as a different type of athlete growing up. Um, it was the, the short sprints versus, and then you do some activity and then you'd run again. And so that's mm -hmm. kind of, appealed to me. And once I got into it, I was absolutely hooked. 
That's awesome. Now I want to get a little bit, I want to dig a little bit deeper into that. Many of us have probably watched, uh, you know, American Ninja Warrior on TV (laughs) and the scene, a little bit of that obstacle course. Uh, Most of us have maybe heard of a Spartan race, even if we haven't participated. Kind of walk us through what obstacle course racing is. did, did Did I hit on two ends of a spectrum or are are those events kind of independent of each other and then what what would people want to know or need to know if they were considering jumping into this as a as a as an outlet yeah sure um so american ninja warrior is definitely its own kind of animal um and then but if you think about what obstacle course racing is it's it's kind of like if american ninja warrior and trail running had a baby Okay. <laughs> um, together and you run around in, on trails for a little while. And then there is, there, there are some very technical obstacles, some very, some less technical obstacles. Um, but it's, it's a, it's a really good mix of skill and endurance that it can be skill, strength and endurance. Um, and so you have to be pretty well-rounded if you want to compete. Now I'd say it, it's anyone can do an obstacle course race, um, to compete, you really have to commit, um, in a little bit different way in your training. So talking about the running earlier, I had to actually commit to running. Um, if, <laughs> if I wanted to compete, it's just sort of innate in me. Um, and so I trained myself to be a runner and then just continue to build on the skills too. So, um, you know, I think any, again, anybody can do it. It's just a matter of how much effort you want to put into it. And, and it's not like what you see on TV with American Ninja Warrior. It's not, just hyper-technical, um, really crazy obstacle one after another. There are breaks. You get to do an obstacle, take a little stroll through the woods, do another obstacle, run through a field, you know. And and so um, <clears throat> it, it definitely kind of captures all of your senses and, and gives you a chance to catch your breath every once in a while. Now, I, I am marginally familiar with Spartan races because, as I said, I, I've kind of looked into to participating in one or two of them. But for people who have no idea, they've never even heard of it, um, we're talking about obstacles. Give, give us a couple of examples of what you would typically see uh, in a Spartan race, for example. You, we've talked about the running in the interim. Uh, what, are the, what are the obstacles that we're facing? So there are cargo nets. Uh, you have to climb up and over um, some sort of an obstacle on a cargo net, um, crawl under barbed wire, um, oh. <laughs> very heavy sandbags or a bucket of rocks um, around a certain portion of the course. And there are some different hanging obstacles where you're swinging on rings or monkey bars um, and climbing a rope. So they, they mix up a lot of different disciplines, um, occasionally surprise you with something new. Spartan has had pretty consistent obstacles for the last four or five years. Um, some other race series have very different obstacles. So mixing up those, uh, the, the different rate race types can add a lot of complexity to the training as well. So uh, you touched on this, I guess this was my next question. So are you surprised when you show up at the race course or do you know every time these are the things that I'm looking at? Um, because I've done so many Spartan races, I have a really good idea. You, you are not very, you're not surprised very often. <laughs> no, no, I think and honestly, the thing that, that becomes the biggest, uh, the, the biggest obstacle at the, at that race and most races now is the terrain and the weather. Um, mm. so if you're in racing in the mountains, or if you happen to be racing in very cold weather, very hot weather, it can rain and, you know, you have to adapt. Um, so, and that's part of, part of the excitement for me is 
having done it for a number of years now, I feel like I have an advantage because I know what I'm getting into. I've learned different techniques for um, how to navigate different obstacles, terrain, that kind of thing. Um, and so I feel like I'm, I'm, I've become an above average <laughs> racer. Yeah, absolutely. I'm great, but I, uh, I, I've become an above <laughs> average racer. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. And, and that's, you know, that's one of the great things about competing and participating in sports is your ability to progress and to get better and to mm -hmm. uh, figure it out and to learn and to, and to become just better at what you do. Um, you talked about weather, uh, aside from like, I guess, lightning, from what I understand, a Spartan race happens no matter what. I've, I've seen video of spring races where there's snow and I've seen video of winter races where there's more snow. I mean, you, it's about kind of testing your endurance and your limits and you just go for it. Right. hundred percent. Yeah. And, and mental toughness as much as anything else, when you mm -hmm. run up against that kind of stuff, I've raced in rain, sleet, snow, hundred degrees, yeah. um, anything and everything in between, uh, and had to do a, a mountain swim with snow falling and, oh. It, you name it, it's, it's been a thing. And, um, so yeah, it, but, but you see it though, you, you actually see people crack, um, mm -hmm. at certain times, especially in some of the ex extreme situations, because, um, it is very uncomfortable, you know, it's, it's a different situation. And, um, even some people who have raced a number of times, if you get into that really, really cold stuff, man, nobody likes that. Um, and uh, <laughs> carted off the course with hypothermia, heat exhaustion and hundred degree weather. So, um, a lot of, you learn a lot of preparation. I know you guys talk to a lot of athletes, you know, very, um, accomplished athletes and preparation, nutrition, hydration, all of those things come into play at various times. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I can definitely imagine that now, yeah. now you kind of ex talked about some of the extremes, uh, a few minutes ago, you just said, now anybody can do a spark <laughs> Um, I'm, I'm a believer in that. I really am. And I, I feel like, uh, it's kind of the same thing with a triathlon. I, I believe that most people really could do, they would be surprised if they just buckled down. I think that most people could do a sprint triathlon within the Spartan community. I know there are different distances. Yes. So talk a little bit about that and, um, you know, what, what you, what you would expect at maybe an entry level versus a more advanced level. Sure. Yeah. Um, so Spartan has really gone a long way to standardize their race distances over the, the last couple of years. They've got a big focus on getting obstacle racing in the Olympics. And now it's become part of the pentathlon, I believe, for the 28 Summer Olympics, mm. um, a short obstacle stint. It's not exactly Spartan by a long shot, but right. a brief obstacle portion um, of that event. But uh, now it's really evolved to a 5K, 10K half marathon for the core three distances. They also have um, a 3K distance, which is much more of a sprint obstacle intensive activity mm -hmm. that is more aligned to what the Olympic approach will be. And then you can do an ultra, which is, you know, a 30, 31 mile race. Um, mm -hmm. And other races tend to standardize around the 5K to 10K distance. So the, I think, you know, getting back to the earlier point about anybody being able to do it. I have seen people who, um, ha are significantly overweight. I've seen people who are missing limbs. There's a, the wounded warrior project is always out there. People in wheelchairs moving around the course. So it's not just, I think that people can do it. Anyone can do it. I've seen people who are just mm -hmm. able to do it. Um, which is for me, that's incredibly empowering to see. It's just, I, I want to do it. I'm going to go do it. And the part of the 
the part of the uh, community that makes that so special is that people will move along with you and, and help you get through Aww. whatever is most challenging because it does become a very empowering and community building event when you get through things like that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you, you talk about inspiration. Um, we get to see that all the time here at the World mm-hmm. Series Games. We see people, Lil, don't we? Just oh yeah, individuals that just exceed everybody's expectations, including their own. And um, that's that's one of the things that kind of draws me to this uh, this obstacle racing for myself is um, just that the community you mentioned. I think that's important, um, but also just like seeing people do amazing things and, and being yeah. a little part of it yourself. I mean, I think there's something really, really cool about that. Yeah. I mean, I've seen yeah. people burst into tears when they finished the race because they had zero expectation that they could do anything like that. Yeah. Yeah. They they might take two hours or three hours to do a 5k race, but when they finish, it's just like, okay, it's this really empowering moment for them. And, and it really yeah. something in certain people that carries them forward to do uh, more yeah. and get themselves moving in a different direction. A sense of accomplishment yeah. for sure. Oh yeah. I'm going to ask you, um, Rod, if you'll go back in your memory just a little bit. Now you've, you've got 150 races under your belt. Um, you know, you're, you're, uh, you're training for these, you, you know what to expect. You're, you're beyond uh, being surprised now, you know what to look for. Uh, but I'm going to ask you to go back to that very first race when you're like, Hey, this seems kind of fun. What if I try it? Talk a little bit about the butterflies you felt or, or the excitement and then that experience of crossing that finish line for the very first time. I was scared to death to be perfectly honest. <laughs> I had not done anything quite like Spartan. I'd done sort of the backyard entry level um, OCR races at that point. And Spartan was, was the, at the pinnacle. That was the hard stuff. That's, the the great unknown. So, and at the time you didn't know what the actual distance of the race was going to be. So I did a sprint and it could be anywhere from three to five miles plus. You didn't know until you were done. Uh, so I went out with, uh, an acquaintance really like, oh, if you'll do it, I'll do it kind of a thing. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I was in terrible shape at the time, especially in hindsight. It was, it was not good. Uh, <laughs> super hot day, really muddy. Um, but I went out there and absolutely struggled struggled like crazy. Um, couldn't climb a rope, couldn't do all the things I thought, well, yeah, I can do that. No problem. Right. Um, and just, it, it was murder, but I crossed the finish line and it pissed me off because I was terrible. Um, <laughs> at that point I was like, it, it, it just took me back even further to when I was actually a reasonably decent competitive athlete. And I was, I hated failing. Um, and I failed, I felt like I failed miserably. So that fire was lit and I decided, okay, we're, we're going to go do more and I'm, I'm going to get good at this, or I'm at least going to um, get myself together. So I'm, I'm less ashamed. I guess, <laughs> line. Um, and yeah, it, it just, it all kind of ran downhill from there for me. No, that's awesome. Rod. That, yeah. That's really cool. I, I, I love that. Uh, I love hearing that. I, I feel like you and I have some things in common. I, that's, <laughs> that's kind of how I feel about things. You know, I've, I've done some things that I failed at and I'm just like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to fail at that again. Yeah. <laughs> I, I also might not do it again. <laughs> <laughs> it goes one of two ways, right? <laughs> so, 
I want to talk, we talked about community and how important that is. And certainly in every sport, we see this just across the board at the (laughs) World Senior Games, this sense of community and uh, camaraderie and and helping one another. We love that. Uh, But you put together a group called uh, the Primal Misfits. (laughs) Tell us a little bit about that. What is that? Well, um, I think, so I, I caught this sickness that was obstacle course racing um, and decided, well, I can't just do this by myself. Other people have to suffer with me. So <laughs> started out just kind of encouraging people in my workplace to join me. You know, So I would say, I'm going to be at the local football stadium for just a little workout on Wednesday evening. Anybody wants to come out with me and a buddy of mine, then, you know, you're welcome to do it. And so we started adding on one or two people here and there and um, we do difficult workouts and then say, okay, well, we're going to sign up for a race. Everybody's going to sign up for a race. And so we go and do that. And you'd have people that would drop off and say, no way, no, how am I ever doing that? Some people, you know, but there was a core group of us that started to kind of form over time. And then they would tell friends, Hey, you should come along and try this because you've got this thing going on in life. Um, and so then we decided we needed a name, we needed jerseys, you know, all the things, right. Um, but really it was the, the primal misfits. So primal is just kind of getting back to the, the basics, right? It, like what is it that drives us at, at our core level? Um, and how do we just find that grit again? Because everyone was kind of going through different things in life. It's divorce, it's loss of family members, you know, whatever those things are. Um, and so um, the misfit piece was we're sort of, we're, we're just a very disparate group of people and we like to do crazy things. So, you know, it's, it's sort of combining those two pieces to go out and do crazy things together that are really hard and lift each other up in the process. And that was, you know, mm-hmm. so now we've become just really good friends and we raced all over the place for a number of years. And people are kind of bobbing and weaving around that as life continues to take hold. But um, yeah, we still get together, uh, train together when we can, race together when we can. And uh, it, it just become a really tight group. Fantastic. How many are in your, your core primal misfits? There's a 12 to 15, probably they're the oh. got a peripheral group that, um, you know, they selectively jump in when they're able. That is great. That is, that is, that awesome. is awesome. I love it. I love that you got jerseys and again, you, you, build, <laughs> you build a community and that's, that's what it's all about. That's so fun. Mm-hmm. We've only got about a minute left, but I do want to touch on this. I, I know that you have two teenage sons. Mm-hmm. Um, do you feel like, being engaged in this type of activity or really any type of activity? Do you see that rubbing off on your kids or, or how does that work for you? I do, especially my youngest. He's a kind of a mini me. He's playing all the sports now, but um, I, I, I believe they think it's pretty cool that their dad does this stuff. Um, <laughs> and d- they do have a more health conscious mindset, I think, because of it um, and, and want to be active and under at least understand the value of it now. And I've got an 18 year old going off to college. So he's in a very different place, but uh, my my youngest, fourteen, almost fifteen, um, very much focused on active, and he he almost eats too healthy, I think, for a fourteen year old to be honest. But don't um, <laughs> it once in a while, right? Very conscious about all those things. I'm I'm, I'm hopeful and, and fairly confident that some of that's rubbing off. That's awesome. Now, has he been able to do a race or two with you, or is yeah, he been... okay? They both have. They they haven't for a couple of years, but they both raced in the past. Yeah, oh. Rod, that's really cool. Hey, thank you so much for yes, thank you us, for educating us a little bit more about what these events are. Like I said, I I've got a high interest level myself in uh, trying to figure out how I can get into one, um, and so I think you've inspired me more. I I've been really close and just not pulled the trigger, and I, I think I'm going to find one and, and jump into it. It just seems right, like a- my challenge: pick one, and I'll come race with you. 
Awesome. Maybe I'll take you up on that. I really will. That'd and I'll cool. come watch. I've, hey, I've seen right. them before. <laughs> perfect. Perfect. Hey, Ryan, thank you so much. We wish you the best. Yes, thank you. All right. Thanks a lot. Don't just watch, Lil. Come do it with us. Uh, no, no, no. <laughs> I, I know he said people can, but I don't think I can, really. <laughs> oh, I think you might surprise yourself. But, uh, really, really good stuff. That was fun. Yeah, that was really good. A couple of quick reminders here. Uh, listen, mm-hmm. don't forget that now is the time to register. We're coming yes. up on our deadline for early bird registration. There's still time to get in. Uh, I'm mm-hmm. not trying to incite a, pa- a panic by any means, but now is the <laughs> time to be thinking about it. If you haven't yet registered, and we've got a bunch of registered, we've got over 7,500, almost 8,000 people yeah. registered already. Yeah. Um, so there's there's space and there's room and there's time. But August 1st, you want to register before August 1st. Mm-hmm. That's when early bird ends. And after that, yep. there's a $40 increase. So go ahead and get that done right away. August 1st, again, early bird deadline. Everything you need to know can be found at seniorgames.net. You don't want to miss next week's episode when we talk with hospice administrator, Vanessa Barbin. Uh, She's going to talk to us about understanding the difference between home health care, palliative care, and then hospice. And she's going to describe why you may want to take advantage of this care sooner for your loved ones than most people think. So you don't want to miss that important information. Remember to tune in live next and every Thursday at 5.30 p.m. Mountain Time on AM 1450 or FM 93.1 for the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life. We take this live show and turn it into a podcast and then you can subscribe to this podcast anywhere where your favorite podcasts are. Give us a rating, write a quick review. That helps us spread the word. And then, of course, you can find this as well as previous shows right on our website. Once again, seniorgames.net. So check that out. Today's inspirational thought comes from the American writer Mark Twain. And he says, okay. continuous improvement is better than delayed perfection. Hmm. Until next Thursday, stay active. Stay active.